Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP. Diving into physiology, neuroscience, and linguistics so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career, moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money, or make a difference. Tune in weekly if you care more than others think wise as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to receive our newsletter and receive free transcripts of each show. Here's your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. My name is John Cassidy Rice. I have the pleasure to be your host. You know what? I've got a whole batch of things bouncing around in my head today. And just things like I've been eating a lot lately. I've been staying in some very nice hotels, traveling the world, etc. And I have been indulging myself. So after spending several years of losing about three stone, it's slowly starting to creep back up. So I think I might have to get in and reprogram my mind once again to lose this weight. And that kind of triggered hypnosis things. And uh, we're looking to launch a new hypnosis course next year. So more information to follow. And I just a whole batch of things flying around in my head. And I'm wondering, what could we talk about in this session? And you know what? I think hypnosis has a lot to teach us about communication. So if we were to look at how would you conduct a hypnosis session with somebody, a process that maybe some really good hypnotists use, could we translate those principles into everyday communication? I think you might be suspicious the answer is yes. So let's have a look at that. We're going to look at a five-stage process that if you're studying hypnosis that you may learn to guide you to take somebody through a whole process. So let's let's start to explore that and then go can we utilize that in everyday conversation. All right, so Stage one would be preparation and to have a clear goal of how you're going to measure success. And I think that is often missing in a lot of communications where people are just communicating, think they're being effective, but have no way to measure success. So fundamentally, for any technique, any process, any communication that you have a desired outcome for, you need to be able to measure success. Well, that kind of makes sense. Now, if we think about what Stephen Covey said in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, seek first to understand, then be understood. Can we enter into somebody else's map of the world so that if we are going to maybe influence them, change the way they think, transform their lives or maybe even some loftier goals who knows and all in a very ethical way it makes sense to enter into somebody else's maps of the world to understand who they are because 
you might have great intentions of helping somebody else who's stuck who can't seem to break through into success and whatever that means to the person. But you know what? Just making changes can be just as disruptive as being stuck. Because you know what? A lot of people have skills, resources and strategies that work for them. So if you're going to influence somebody, help somebody, shift, change their perspective, and that's even if you're a manager, a therapist, a coach, an NLP practitioner, then first establish a rapport, which I think is important because if you're going to influence, etc., etc., then they need to trust you. And as we said before in a previous podcast, that trust is an old Norse word, truster, meaning strength. And apparently it gives the root word to the word true. So when somebody trusts you, they are seeing true strength in you. So establishing rapport, however you do that, would be very useful. And then understand the other person's map of the world. Their frames of references, their value system, what motivates them. And that'd be as simple as asking, so what's important to you about NLP? What's important to you about this role? What's important to you about this coaching session? And that gives you values. And we've talked about values and beliefs and how to build upon that. Okay, so there's some preparation before you're going to help somebody transform their lives, influence them. It would really help to understand who they are, establish rapport. Okay, that all makes a lot of sense. And then stage two, if we go back to our hypnosis process, there's some form of induction. And that could be a progressive relaxation, a fixation of attention. And the old classic way of thinking about that is where you see the pendulum watch swinging, where people watch that. But there's many ways of doing fixation of attention. And directing people to go inside their own heads. So what we're essentially starting to do here is form a trance. So let's have a definition of what a trance is. The definition I like, any time... You go inside your own head is a form of trance. Yes, that's right. So you might be going, John, there's a good trance. I'm in trance all the time. Yes, and that's why we find it so effective within hypnosis, because it's nothing strange. We're doing it all the time. And essentially what a lot of hypnosis does is takes you out of the trance that you're in, put you into a different trance to make the changes. So that means you have your work trance, you have your home trance, your hobby trance, your friend's trance, your driving trance. That's right, your driving trance. How often have you got into your car, arrived at the destination and not remembered a journey? And that's because your unconscious mind took over the driving. Your unconscious mind is a very safe driver. Okay, so if there's some form of induction... And let's take the fixation of attention. You're not going to say to somebody, look into my eyes, not around my eyes, look into my eyes. So we're not going to be formal about that. 
So how do we translate that into everyday conversation? Well, how do you get somebody's attention? You have a hook. You say something that captures their attention. You make it important to them what you're saying. You engage their interests so that they focus on you. And then when you ask them questions, they will go inside their own heads. Like I said to you, my definition of trance, which is more of a statement to be fair, my definition of trance is anytime you go inside your own head, you're in a trance. And I went, that's right, you're in a trance most of the time. Okay, so great communicators are often called mesmerizing. And if you know anything about hypnosis, you know at a certain point there was a whole movement, mesmerism, which was attached to the hypnosis. And hypnosis, just quickly as we're playing with this, hypnosis is a Greek word meaning sleep. And it's not that you're asleep, you are highly aware of what's going on. But that's essentially what it means. So mesmerism basically means holding somebody's attention in the frame that we're using it. So you start to think to yourself, you know what? People who seem to be charismatic seem to be able to influence other people who hold my attention. Are they in fact inducing me into a trance-like state? Yes, that's right. That is what's going on. Wow, it seems so easy. All you need to do is be charismatic, engaging, say something interesting, get people to focus in on you and be comfortable with that. Now, once you've got that attention, we move into stage three, which is a form of utilization. Sponsor of this week's NLPCourses.com podcast show, the NLP Practitioner Training, designed to transform your life. Attend the first day completely free. Find out more. Head over to the website to secure your place with the next NLP practitioner. And this is where the skills of NLP come into play, where we learn multi-levels of communication. And what I'm referring to here, for you, those that are in the know, is something called the Milton language. And that all comes from Dr. Milton Erickson, who took hypnosis off the stage and put it into a medical arena. And he had a certain way of using language through storytelling and structuring his language patterns to cause people to go into trance. Or really, he was really good at getting people to be interested in what they he was saying, i.e. fixation of attention, and then utilising not just the conscious mind, but the unconscious mind. Then the question becomes, why would you want to utilise the unconscious mind as well as the conscious mind? Isn't the conscious mind enough? Eh, could be, but let's have explored the difference between the two. As long as this is safe to do, Look down at the floor and look at one foot on the floor and notice the surface of that foot covers. That is your conscious mind. The rest of the surface of the world would be your unconscious mind. Yes, I think it is worth tapping into that vast resource. 
So there's ways to utilise that. And in NLP, we'll often refer to it as being artfully vague. So, for example, if I said to you, are you aware of how much information we've already covered in this podcast? So several things can dynamically happen at this point. And that could be along the lines of, suddenly your awareness of grown of just how much we've covered. And I'm implying also that it's valuable, because I'm sure it is. And if you say to me, no, I'm not aware of how much we've covered, it's still presupposed that we've covered a lot, but you're just not aware of it yet. So we're triggering responses through language. And that would be a what's called a presupposition. But there's various other language patterns. And we've covered some of those before, like the embedded commands. So you, like me, have noticed that people can use language to be highly effective in communication. So what did we just do then? Well, I think you ought to go back and listen to a couple of uh, podcasts to find out what was going on there if you did not already know. So stage three is utilisation. Grab somebody's attention, hold it, and then speak to the conscious and the unconscious mind. And I would suggest probably the most elegant way to do that is through storytelling. Now, if you're at work, I'm not saying that you start telling stories about fluffy rabbits and princesses who go and save the world. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about everyday stories that have been designed to have an impact. And I do suggest you go back and have a listen to podcast one, two, three for that, because we cover a whole lot of skill in storytelling. Okay, so quick recap, stage one, be prepared, have an outcome, establish rapport, enter into the other person's map of the world so that you understand them. And then stage two, as we start to move into some form of induction, i.e. can we get them to fixate on us, ideally, so that we can hold their attention, hook their interest so that we can move into utilisation through storytelling, milting language and a whole vast array of communication because communication, remember, doesn't just happen through language. It happens in multiple levels through movement, gestures, tone of voice. Okay, so... Then we move into the change work, which is stage four. So we've prepared someone. We've prepared. We've got a clear goal. We've done some form of induction. We've utilised that. Now we're at the change work. And one of the things, depending on the school of hypnosis you'll explore, one of the things, the unconscious mind tends to be very literal with you. That means it tends to do exactly what you ask it to do. So, for example, if you say to someone's unconscious mind, can you change? The unconscious mind can indicate yes. doesn't mean it will. It just means it has the possibility to change. So you'll have to be very direct. Change now. Now, I once heard a story about Richard Bandler, who did some hypnosis work with somebody to stop them changing, uh, stop them from smoking. And he was reading about 
behavior modifications and just various different other strategies. And he thought to himself, I know, if I change the smoking through hypnosis to having cod liver oil instead, because cod liver oil will make people go, and so they won't want to take the cod liver oil and in turn stop smoking. Uh, So he did this induction, made that suggestion, and a couple of weeks later the guy come back to him and said, and Richard said to this guy, so have you stopped smoking? And the guy said, yes, but I wonder if you can help me with this. I'm now drinking three bottles of cod liver oil a day and it's causing havoc with my stomach. It's like, oh, so he went in and made the changes. And so at the stage four, the change work, ask for exactly what you want. And I also think if we take that principle of when we're asking somebody, sometimes we can beat around the bush and we don't want to always be direct to ask somebody. But say exactly what you want somebody to do in very clear, simple language which is just good communication skills in of itself. And then stage five is to create post-hypnotic suggestions. So you create in future scenarios, attach new responses. Are you given instructions? What's happening next? We have a technique in NLP called future pacing. And in future pacing, one of the things that we do is create an anchor in the future for somebody to respond to it. So for example, if you're doing some work with somebody around weight loss and you think to yourself, you know what, they've said to me that eight o'clock during the evening, their fridge calls out to them to have chocolate cake. Now, if your fridge is calling out to you, that is a deep hypnotic phenomena. So could we utilize that information to create new behavior it's a form of future pacing and what we do you associate you decide on the trigger associate the person to the trigger disassociate them from the trigger so for example you might say something along the lines of so during the evening when you go to the fridge and you go to the fridge and you open the fridge you pull out the celery or something a little bit more appetizing but you eat the fruit the vegetables And then you say, when you see yourself going to the fridge during the evening, when you see yourself going to the fridge during the evenings, and you open the fridge, you take out the healthy food. That's called future pacing. And I remember one of my students' wives coming up to me and saying to me, John, what is Simon doing to make me remember to iron his shirts or do something for him when I get home from work? And I says, what do you mean? She says, well, every time I get home and I put the key in the door, if he's asked me to do something, I remember that he's he's asked me to do it. What is he doing? And I said, well, he's probably future pacing you. She said, what do you mean? I said, does he say something along the lines of, when you get home and put the key in the door and you put the key in the door, would you remember to iron my shirts? And she said, yes, he is. I said, well, it's a form of future pace. So, Simon, I think you just found out it was me that gave up the game. I do apologise. And so that's stage five, basically giving suggestions in the future. 
So creating anchors in the future. And one of the ways that I suggested we could use that is that framework of future pacing. And then stage six, we said there were six stages to this, to evaluate. Have you achieved what you set out to achieve in the communication? And within the hypnosis, that's where you bring some of the out of trance, evaluate, is there any more work that needs to be taking place? And also track what has happened, what is, how has the unconscious mind responded, what behavior has shifted and changes, what thoughts have shifted and changes. So that makes a lot of sense. That in any communication, we started off this podcast talking about how to measure success. Very useful. So we can see that those principles that are taught to run a hypnotic session with somebody could be used for great communication where you're working with your teams, you're making a video on YouTube, whether you're doing maybe doing a podcast, I don't know. Somebody might be using this stuff. There are ways to take the skills from, in this case, we're using hypnotic inductions and utilize it in another area of our lives because a lot of communication done well is very similar to hypnotic inductions, as you might see. I would love to hear your thoughts around this subject and if you've had any experience and... Do you have any questions? Let me know. Post them below. Contact me. Visit the website. Send me a carrier pigeon with a note on. I'll get back to you. Train a whole batch of guinea pigs to sign language. And drop them off at my place. And I'll learn sign language so I can understand what the guinea pigs are saying. What I'm saying is don't be a stranger. Say hi. Contact us. Give us a question. Share your knowledge with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts about anything we've covered here. And also, any topics you would like to see covered in the future. Anyway, have a wonderful week. And take the chance to learn some of the things and utilise some of the things that we covered here. Highly recommend it. See you soon. Take care. Thank you for tuning in. You were just listening to NLPCourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and make sure to head over to NLPCourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter where we keep you updated with in-depth NLP topics. Subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro-linguistics, programming, and beyond.